0: Are you thinking about property? Great, you're in the right place, because so are we. Join us each Monday as we talk to estate agents, architects, solicitors, surveyors, and all of the cast of characters who populate this endlessly fascinating Irish property market. I'm Breffney O'Kelly. I'm a licensed property buyer and coach. Thank you for listening. Do you want to feel inspired? Do you want to feel energised? Do you want to feel like you really want to go out there and do your stuff? Well, if You're in the mood for a bit of inspiration then. I really hope you'll listen to this week's episode of At Home With Brefni. It's episode 33 where I'm talking to the energetic, inspiring and very generous Janet Carroll who shares her story of how she got into a estate agency and how she's gone on to build a successful business running her own estate agents in Black Rock. So I hope you listen in and I certainly came away from this interview feeling inspired and I hope you do too. So Janet Carroll, I'm in your beautiful office and there's definitely a theme running through it, which is I'm talking to you wearing a beautiful red dress, gorgeous red shoes. We've walked up a red carpet through a red door <laughs> to conduct this chat and you're drinking from a red cup. So yeah. there's strong, strong imagery running through your whole brand and from my brief chat with you earlier as we were getting all set up. I can see there's a really strong philosophy behind you and your business. But before we get into all of that, I'd love just to ask you to share your journey through property with us as in how did it ever start that you were walking in the door of an estate agent to okay. sell a house?
1: So it started actually with my colours because my branding colours are French, red, white and blue. Right. And uh, I've had a very international background. My husband is in IT, so we relocated a number of times ah. um, to support his business and to keep people on the ground, international people. I found myself supporting the relocation of people who are coming into France and coming into Switzerland. So I worked, if you like, um, on uh, you know sourcing housing and also maybe putting people together in the same area, they may have a lot of things in common. So. If a couple arrived, I'd find out very fast what the wife's because usually it was the husband that was working at that time. This was in late 80s, early 90s in the south of France. So not being sexist, but it was usually yeah. usually yeah. women. And so I'd meet them and, and find out how many children they had, what their preference for school was. Did they have a, a preference for faith worship? Did they have, did they, did they like tennis? What was it that would be special for them to help them settle into a new location and make new friends? So what I did was I tended to go out and find some. a a home for them that gave them all those facilities on their doorstep and i also introduced them to people that made them feel a bit more comfortable so they felt while their husbands had arrived over and were working on very big projects and maybe traveling that they had support on the ground
0: okay and did you do this in a formal business way i just yes it ended up to be
1: a formal business way but it started off just as a support genuine support for my husband who was running a business in the south of france and you know a foreign international american company but we found that people would arrive over would do very well in their jobs and then the families weren't settling and they would they would go return so Ah. it was disrupting the business so i decided because i'm as you've already gathered quite Mm -hmm. high energy that i decided to step in and find a solution and maybe if i with in, and I also obviously introduced them to the, the International Women's Club and today being International Women's Day what a great day to say that yes. so it's a super organisation globally for women to join oh. If you, even for Irish women to join in Ireland it's a great opportunity to network with people and again you make lovely friends people who live abroad love to make new friends on the ground especially with locals Okay. and get all the support and advice that they need to help them settle down
0: okay so you you've moved around you're in France something that started informally to further the success of your husband's business and to keep the tenure of the employees staying yes. there that emerged into a business so then you moved back to Ireland yes I was already a trained teacher okay. so I was
1: a Montessori teacher and I had worked in that for a period of time mm-hmm. and four children that were already so I, I married quite young so mm-hmm. when I was 20 in mm-hmm. Rome I had four mm. children before I was 26. Oh, gosh. Um, so I found myself being at 38 years of age. All my children were practicing secondary school. My youngest was a day boarder. Um, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm-hmm. And coming back to Ireland, at that stage, ooh, I was coming back after having uh, a three-year period in, in Geneva. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it takes a while to settle back and get back into routine and to find something for myself. Right. And it was by chance one day I called into a college in Dunleary and I inquired about the auctioneering course. I was going to do food nutrition, food science with, with Patrick Halford in London actually. Oh, yeah. I've been accepted to take this course. I was also looking at Trinity and I went into this, this college and it was very run down at the time, mm-hmm. it's now in Black Rock, so they were running it down in Dunleary. Mm-hmm. And I sat in a classroom uh, for a test day with 17 year olds. My mm-hmm. third child was 17 at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, just sat in just to get a sense of what the course is all about. And one day followed another, followed another, followed another, and I got first place in Ireland, which I was really proud of. Now, as a mature student, that's probably nothing to boast about because they're always sitting up front, asking all the questions, and they're there for a purpose. Mm. But it was a two-year full-time course. And I think I was probably one of the first people to do that, Mm -hmm. which meant by the time I was ready to work, um, I was very qualified in what I was talking about. Mm. So I understood structure property, understood the law around property. So that was actually new at that time. Um, I applied to a company called hammond Osborne King, mm-hmm. um, was the company had studied for part of my thesis for my qualification. I, I thought very highly of it. I loved the ethos that they had. I loved mm-hmm. the way they treated people, and uh, so when I was finished, I was offered a part-time job if I wanted, while they were overwhelmed with business one day. And I was delighted, but I never wanted a full-time job. I only ever wanted a part-time job. So and at this stage, Janet, were you qualified to sell houses? Yes, I was. You
0: had a license, as yes, such. Yes, I was, yeah. yes.
1: So okay. I was fully qualified, mm-hmm. and I had first place in Ireland, so I had very good qualifications, if you like. And I also had the confidence. Too. Not yeah. too late to congratulate you Thank for that. You. <laughs> but I also had the confidence that comes with maturity, being a mom, a young mom, traveling, living internationally, being able to cope in different environments. So it gives me empathy for people who find themselves in, in I mean this homeless is a very bad word, but it can be it's 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 a word that you know if you came over and you came from a very fine home in France yeah. and you're trying to find a home in Dublin, you're rootless and to you, you yeah. are you're yeah. feeling vulnerable. Mm. You have children that you need to mm. settle into school and all of that. So that's what's given me if you like the emotional intelligence that supports me in what I do today. Mm-hmm. Because if a lot of our buyers in South County Dublin are people who are relocating, mm. so they're coming in at the moment from Google, Facebook, Yahoo, Salesforce um it's for the area that we're selling it tends to be you know the, the the junior managers senior managers and maybe the executives who are looking for homes in the south county dublin area mm. having said that it's probably a good time to say to you that i don't just sell in blackrock mm. Uh, We sell from uh, Ballsbridge out as far as Wicklow and back into the Dublin Mountains.
0: Okay, that is good to know. we
1: look after all of South County Dublin and we've sold in all of those areas over the last four years. Okay. So just getting back to my story, so I qualified at that stage. I was 40 years of age. I took a part-time job at hamshaws Osborne King. I said, I only want to work six months. I'm away in the summertime to France. Mm -hmm. I don't want to work full-time. And I want to be with my children and I did that. And basically, in the first... Two weeks, I sold fourteen houses. When my first
0: two weeks, the part timer. Yeah. So you King. were you were given fourteen houses to kind of I, handle I was, the sales, I was junior you
1: negotiator. I was yeah. forty years of age, mm-hmm. and I was you know in the background. Mm-hmm. But actually, I took the database they had. I took the list of purchasers that they had. Yeah.
0: I took the properties they had, and I started to make phone calls. And so when you say you sold them, I'm just curious to know, I, did you get them on to sell? Is that, no, no, no. They already had these properties yeah. oh. and they were on their books,
1: but I found the buyers Okay. the database. You did the
0: matchmaking. That, I did
1: exactly that. Right. And did all the, you know, the, the, the negotiation, if you like, in the middle. So I was offered a full-time job at that point, but I didn't accept <laughs> it. Right. i surprised. Be, right. Again, because I really thought I want to do what I do well. Yeah. So I can't commit to something unless I can give it 100%. Yeah. And I knew I couldn't do that because I couldn't be in my office and be concerned about where my teenagers were. Yeah. So yeah. I could only focus on one thing at a time. So the company grew and uh, I was offered a management position in uh, in an area and I, I declined it. And then the... Why did you decline it? Because I just, again, didn't want full-time commitment. Right. I just want to do what I did well. I want yeah. to go in every day, enjoy what I did, but not feel you know, that I had fully committed to something... Yeah yeah fairly if you like yeah and then the opportunity came up to run the South County Dublin office and that was on my doorstep, and it was something I knew very well. Where was it, actually? In, in, in Main Street, Black Rock, oh, just across right, the okay. road from my own yeah. shop. Oh. Um, and what happened was they had opened another shop in Dunleary, yeah. and Rowan O'Hara, who was a, a terrific mentor for me and absolutely okay. excellent, an excellent uh, auctioneer, uh, fabulous auctioneer and estate agent, he opened a premises for the firm in Dunleary. but the timing probably wasn't excellent because it was the start of the crash. Yeah. So I found myself... So are we in 2008 now? or We're now in, yes, we're in 2008. I was offered the position actually in 2006, and right. I became head of office for BlackRock mm-hmm. at that period of time. But then later, the office in Dunlourne was closed, so I became head of office for all South So are we in Savills now? Savills like? hadn't bought us at that time. Okay, yeah, yeah. so you still So have... then, obviously, Savills purchased the firm, and it's a five-star firm, yeah. and uh very very high standards. so I was very honoured to be associated with something of that caliber. Yeah. And then. Uh, did I that mean,
0: bring any um, fresh learning? You know, the fact that an international firm had bought you did that. No, oh, that's what I found disappointing. Right. So for me, and that's probably one of the
1: reasons why I've decided to go out on my own mm-hmm. was because I found it didn't have the same ethos to what I had enjoyed most about Hamish Osborne King. So it's obviously a huge brand. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, an enormous firm, and um, and they handle. St- exquisite business and high volume, but I didn't want to be in the high volume business. Yeah. So I wanted to be, and that's what I'm doing today, more in a niche business, which is very much, sort of more, from my experience, very personal with people. So, you know, if, if I go out to do a valuation on your home, I take that responsibility very seriously. Mm. And I'm the person that you're going to meet at the viewings. I'm the person who's going to negotiate the deal on your home. I'm the person that'll take the phone call at 10 o'clock at night
0: time when you have some worry or some concern. Mm -hmm. So it's that in a bigger firm, in my opinion, is diluted. Okay. So did you find that in a bigger firm, I'm just really interested to compare the small firm versus the big firm. Did you find that in a big firm, there wasn't that personal touch that depth of service or
1: it there are there is of course because you always have very good individuals in any company who have great a service offering there's always the handful of those people but obviously as a company grows so you know one firm at the moment is advertising the fact that they're doing 700 open views Mm -hmm. this weekend so, I mean, that's amazing, it's terrific business, but it's high volume.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, you know, another firm are, have trained 40 part-timers. Mm-hmm. So, obviously, if you're handing that volume of property, one negotiator who's taken on this property can't handle all of that. am not saying that one person takes on everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what happens is that the, the principals of the firm go out as the firm grows and they pitch, and mm-hmm. then the, the the properties are handed back to very capable yeah. negotiators. Yes. Um, well, well I, I, you know, qualified, I'm certain. But it's not the same.
0: Yeah, I, I hear you. So I guess what I'm hearing you say, or am I hearing you say, that what you are interested in is absolute thorough quality of all the way through the firm and that you can completely and personal quality all the way through the firm.
1: Yes. So it's, it's personal. It's my business. Mm. It's Janet Carl over the door. It's my reputation. Mm. And so uh, I, and everything we promise we deliver on. Mm. Can I ask you,
0: what are the fun? You know, I know when I went out, it started as a selling agent. There were times when there was just exciting times, like you got that property yes. on to sell and you knew yes. you are up. What are the hits for you? Like When do you get a, oh, a surge? Well, of... to me,
1: it's two. So right. for me, the first one most definitely is when you get the instruction. So that's yeah. a win. So yeah. that's amazing. So, I mean, you know, where we are at the moment in this village, there's nine estate agents.
0: Yeah, I know. There's
1: 34. We've 34 competitors yeah. now for a property that we're selling. So, you know, to be, first of all, to get the invitation in is quite flattering. Yes. So that you might be one of five that's invited to come in and pitch and, and, and you know, offer what, what you do has mm-hmm. been special. So that's number one. And, you know, so to get that phone call, which we did on a, super house in black rock this week when this lady had loads of choice and loads of contacts uh she just you know she she wanted what we have to offer which is nobody else can offer what we're offering this very very exceptionally personalized service and she you know again i i know that there's a lot of agents would be disappointed they didn't get a property like that so we're, we're chuffed that's the first win and the second win then there's probably three wins the second win then is when you open the door for the first time and the excitement that you have it's like having a party and you don't know who's gonna turn up.
0: Open the door for the first open viewing. Our first is it? open viewing. Yeah. And yeah. you just
1: open that door and there's a line of people wanting to see mm. the property. They may or may not have contacted you during the week mm. and they're flooding in with their lovely little families and you know, we would normally have two people at open viewings mm-hmm. so that we can handle obviously so the door and then mm. the property and looking mm. after that for our client, but also all the queries you get at the first time, very mm. excited mm. audience of people who are looking for mm-hmm. a home so that's the second piece i think is very very exciting and obviously the third is the sale Mm
0: -hmm. the third
1: is the sale is when you find somebody who has fallen in love with this property who really is happy about their purchase and the vendor is very pleased with the process with the price is the most important Mm -hmm. things you're hired to get to sell Mm -hmm. so everybody wants to see the number and they Mm -hmm. want to be happy on how you got the number Mm -hmm. but again with the communication that we have with our clients there are no doubt that we've got the best price and the best buyer at that point in time so mm. sometimes we may decide to advise our client not to take the best price yeah so we may say to them you know this is your best price here but this buyer's behavior here yeah. which is your underbidder is the person who is going to sign your contract
0: yeah and yeah.
1: that's the person we're advising you to take with mm-hmm. the decision is yours because mm-hmm. we don't play out with their mm-hmm. property with their money with mm. their with the, probably one of the biggest sales in, the, in their
0: lifetime. Mm-hmm. So what are the challenges? What are the, oh God. I, I the know, challenges Or are the learnings. The learnings.
1: Well, I mean, we operate a seven day a week business. Oh gosh, I do work, you? Yes, you work on Sundays too? And I work on a mobile phone. Right. So I'll very often on a Friday night, I'll be watching the Late Late and my mobile phone will ring and I'll answer it and I'll say, hello, Janet speaking. And they'll say, oh, I didn't expect you to answer the mm. phone. But I mean, that's what we're advertising. That's what we're doing. So mm. if I've been instructed to sell somebody's mm. home, Mm. And I have a viewing on Saturday. I want to take a call to say to somebody, I'm actually there on Saturday, I'm there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Can you come along? Mm-hmm. When you know, and invite them. So the challenges, I suppose, are for me is to to, to find people who have the same uh, energy and mm-hmm. and love of people, I think is what mm-hmm. you need in this business mm-hmm. uh, who are tolerant, who are kind, who are smart, who are qualified. Mm-hmm. So there's quite a mixture of different um Personality traits. I think you need to be able to do the job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, one bad experience with somebody who's representing your firm mm. can have a very negative impact. Mm. So I suppose the challenges are to find people who have the same ethos that you
0: have. Right.
1: And I really feel truthfully blessed at the moment because the people I have working with me, I don't say for me because mm. we work very much as a team,
0: mm-hmm.
1: are outstanding. But they're outstanding because they're academically qualified, mm. they're mature, so uh, and they're international. So you know, I have a head of office who's Malaysian. She's mm. an accountant. She's an extremely capable girl, um, very interpersonal, mm. uh, very qualified in her own right, mm-hmm. and with lots of life experiences. Um, and we have uh, our head of
0: IT is, is Dutch,
1: right?
0: Oh, you can't be Dutch for systems and templates amazing. and processes. He's
1: absolutely amazing. And again, he's got great nature. So we may have called on him when we had somebody who'd moved into a house and couldn't figure out their IT system, mm-hmm. how to put on the internet. And, you know, Matthias will take a call and support somebody. It's those little extras, I think, that make a difference.
0: When you're out, and I know you also work as a buyer's agent, and when you're out looking at property, say, with clients or on behalf of clients, I wonder what you see sometimes with agents, I guess, What I see to jump in a little bit is quite a variety. Sometimes there is, in general, most estate agents are doing a fine job. But I noticed when I went to see a property with when I had a client and you were showing it, um, you were really thorough. Like a lot of times when you go to see an apartment the agent may not know exactly where the car park space is they know there is one but they don't actually know the number and can't show it to you they may not know where the storage area or if there is a separate storage area now most of them you know lots of them do so this isn't a moan but I just was particularly impressed that you had a key to everything that needed a key when we went and you knew exactly what the story was with everything and I thought that's I was impressed by your energy and your thoroughness when you were showing me the apartment. Do you ever get struck by areas that could be improved by on the part of other agents?
1: Most definitely. But I think this feeds into the type of service we're offering. Yeah. Because if you are the, the person, now I, I need to, to say to, I'm not on my own here. I'm Andrew yeah. Rattigan, i have Mary Maloney. So I have really good people that work with, with me. But... I would never take somebody blind into so somebody who, who's if I'm not showing the property and if it's Andrew who's yes. who's showing it, he would never be in hand just set of keys in a brochure at the door for the first time to show somebody a house. Right, that's not the way to do it. So from the very start, you can't really sell a property unless you've been there from the very start and you've measured it, you've met the client. Yeah. You know all the nooks and crannies in a property. You know yeah. the area very well. You know you know the locale, what the locale has to offer. Mm. So that's all studied before we open a door on an open viewing. Now, sometimes you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes a question is asked and you, you have not an idea. But I would always ask my clients to be on standby So while I'm doing a viewing. Right. And I'll call them yeah. real time yeah. and say, I have somebody in the house here and they have a query about... The property next door is it rented, for example, or or are there any children in the neighborhood? Yeah, and you know, it's very satisfying for somebody's yeah worry or question to be addressed on the spot and for them to leave that property feeling that that was respect that was important for them. And like, obviously, it's working for the sale for the person Mm -hmm. we're trying to sell the property for, Mm
0: -hmm. so you know, it it, it does
1: build trust, Mm. it does build trust.
0: So, if you're on all the time, if you're working seven. Days a week, and answering your phone and your mobile phone is always on. Do you um, take time off? Do you pay attention to taking time off? I do, I do. So I go to the gym four days a week. Right. And I do a fantastic program.
1: It's only half an hour, but it's very invigorating, and it is the time when you just have total relaxation. I have a very healthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So as I mentioned to you, I'm the mom of four adult children, mm-hmm. and I have five and a half grand- grandchildren at the moment from four down. Wow. So a lot three of them, I have yes. three, and three little girls in Dubai and my, I have another son in Boston. So, you know, when, when I have down time, uh, what I like to do best is probably spend time with my husband mm-hmm. and with my children that are here in Ireland and my grandchildren. And that is just lovely. And that would typically be kind of Sunday afternoons or I go for a walk in the evening. I'm blessed that I have really high energy. Yeah, it is a blessing. It is, yeah. I really have. Yeah. But I think it comes from being in my, in my very healthy in the sense that I have good mental health mm-hmm. and physical health and um, I have a really good conscience. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important as well. If you go out every day and feel that what you're doing, you're doing with really good intent mm-hmm. and you're going to look after everybody that passes through on your path be be a vendor be it somebody who's making an inquiry be somebody who just comes into your office really Mm -hmm. upset for no reason so we've had lots of these call in so we'd have somebody who'd walk in the door they're absolutely upset they may be even cross with us when they come in the door for Mm -hmm. no reason at all we've never met them before Mm -hmm. but if you sit down offer them a cup of tea and ask them you know what's going on you'll discover that they may be in a position where they may be forced to sell their home they may have had you know a very negative uh, situation in Mm -hmm. their life Uh, they may have lost a child or something so there's always a kind of deeper reason behind that and I definitely feel because we run this kind of like uh, very ethical firm which gives everybody the time and you know doesn't judge everybody by the first impression that we get I think it's standing to us it's standing to our reputation Mm -hmm. because the very people who are very negative to start with are the people I find who come back and give you bouquets of flowers, bottles of (laughs) champagne. Do you know what I mean by that? And (laughs) they they don't really give it to me. Mm -hmm. So we had an incident last week from a client and she bought flowers. She bought a gift for everybody in the office. She bought like, do you know what I mean? She was just like (laughs) unbelievable. But she said, when I was at my lowest point, when I was very distressed, Mm. you didn't compile that for me. You were there, you listened. Mm. But we know that that's real life. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We know what it's like to sell... The, the roof from over your, your family, you know what mm. I mean? That you may be in a, in a position where you're trying to relocate down the country, you're afraid to lose a house you've made enough from. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a stressful time for people. Where did that
0: empathy come from?
1: It, it came from, honestly, mm-hmm. um, be very open. and mm-hmm. came from, I'd say, quite a, a negative, probably childhood, (laughs) if I'm going to be really honest. So it came from, and I want to be respectful, obviously, of my family, but it came from... Difficult parents. Yeah. So I I was raised, and I know one of the questions that I was expecting to ask me where where I grew up, mm-hmm. but I was actually raised mostly by my grandmother. Right. So so obviously I was the eldest child. My parents were very much in love, but my mother wasn't a very maternal person. Mm-hmm. And when I was born, I was literally handed to my grandmother and said, "There you go, you want your baby? Off you go." Right. It was very lucky for me because she was an absolutely inspirational woman, mm-hmm. and so I spent my childhood. And So my family, my father my father was a manager in the airport, so we had a house in Santry, which was where people moved to when they worked in the airport. My grandfather was one of the first employees in Dublin airport. God. So we have a huge family connection there. We've got, like, a lot of my, my family live are, are still working for the airport, and my son is actually selling aircraft. <laughs> so, you wow. know, it's like, it's it's, it's there's this blood. huge connection with, with, with aircraft, all right. But... Um, so I, but I did spend a lot of my lifetime and most of my lifetime in a beautiful period house in South Frederick Street, which yes. is my grandmother's. Goodness, South Frederick Street. It Goodness. was, which is now the Trinity Hotel.
0: Golly, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and I had an
1: amazing childhood where mm. Grafton Street was my backyard, where we went to Stephen's Green to feed the birds where, um, you know, my grandmother was, was I'm Catholic, my grandmother mm-hmm. was Anglican, where we went to worship in, in St. Anne's in Dawson Street. So, you know, I had this absolutely wonderful childhood. But I think from the start, it had that lovely mixture where, you know, you had a diff- two different families, if you like, that yeah. you kind of, you know, and that made you quite resilient. But I also had a good mom in the sense that we were, she had a lot of confidence in giving us freedom under, under a lot of control to do yeah. what we want to do. So I had my very first part-time job when I was 11 years old. Goodness. So, and I worked, from the time I was 11, I had, I worked in, in a sweet shop Stacking bottles into into racks and then when I was older I worked in a supermarket when I was in college when I was in school when mm-hmm. I was in school mm-hmm. only in secondary school and Then later on I worked in a pharmacy in Grafton Street while I was in my my final year doing my leaving cert mm-hmm. so I did hour uh, I was free I worked in Grafton Street and Spitz pharmacy in Grafton Street and um, So I think I have a really good work Ethic. Mm. Now, my mum had always said to me, the best way to keep children out of trouble is to keep them occupied. Mm. And I think because I've had such an enriched childhood, it has given me the empathy and a huge volume of resilience mm. to actually understand people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is definitely at the core of probably... i do
0: yeah that's and and sounds like you've got the energy of the city in you (laughs) yes yes (laughs) yeah i suppose if you've grown up in a city that's yes you're plugged in from a very early age yes yeah and do you think you worked for the distraction of it the money of it what was the motivation i used to engagement
1: of it yeah a hundred percent so when i when i started working first of all i was surprised when i got paid now this is i mean i really would get a surprise and say gosh i got paid and i i did very well in my sales Mm. so I got a very good salary and you know it, it was very big <laughs> yeah. and I would say wow <laughs> yeah. I'm actually getting paid to do what I love well, yeah. which is really at the end of the day if I was to call it out it is I just love people and I love supporting people yeah. and that's what gives me the most life satisfaction and it makes gives me that sense of personal worth and
0: value. Mm-hmm. Um, who does anyone inspire you? I know you're busy and I know you're working a lot of the time yeah. but do you are there any books you read any people you follow is there anyone who you think yeah i want to go on that, that path. direction
1: well i think there's two people who have inspired me my grandmother who i mentioned and yes. i'm not going to forget my grandfather who was also amazing so she was absolutely unbelievable incredible woman and um, what were
0: her qualities why was she so incredible i
1: just think again she had a lovely way about her that i've always tried to to follow mm-hmm. which is this very truthful and very ethical way to behave right. and truth so was a huge thing for her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I couldn't tell a lie to save my life. Mm-hmm. So if you call me in and ask me what you, what, what you think mm-hmm. your house is worth? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. and I'm gonna tell you how I came up with the figure mm. and then if you ask why which a lot of people do they'll ask me will you help me support me what should I do at my house mm-hmm. and I'll say to them we're on the same team now so you won't be offended mm-hmm. if I tell mm-hmm. you how I'm going to enhance the value of your home mm-hmm. so you I'm know, it. And, that, and that's what we do mm-hmm. and and what we have found out which is very interesting recently is that we've been called in to properties um, we've been asked to come in and advise them because they're thinking about selling, mm. about how they should enhance the value of their home, mm-hmm. and they've already signed up to another agent.
0: Oh, that's horrible. That's yes. really, really. And bad we look form. at
1: what they're presenting, and it's exactly what we recommend it. Mm. So again, we have to say to ourselves, it's not nice. It's not good mm. behaviour. But you know, we only have a limited amount of time to earn our living, mm-hmm. so we have to. Review that in a way Mm. and say, well, maybe what we need to do going forward is we offer that advice
0: separately as a separate. Well, just
1: as, you know, after we have the instruction rather than go in and give people our time before we're
0: instructed. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that sounds right. And
1: people will come back and they'll say, my sister works in, in, I was going to name a firm, but Mm. I won't, you know, um, this firm or, you know. It's my my family are accountants for mm-hmm. this firm, and we're getting an exceptional discount on our fees, mm-hmm. or you know whatever. And this is the reason we're going at them, but but really you are number one. But we have this situation Now people can be very polite and don't mm-hmm. want to tell you didn't get mm-hmm. the business as well. Mm-hmm. So you know to be real about it, but we get a little bit of that as well. Mm-hmm. So we've realised that we're actually maybe being mm-hmm. over generous with our time. Mm-hmm. So we're now just
0: considering maybe managing that a little that bit better. Uh, yeah, and what we're doing on is we we'll go in, we will tell you the
1: truth. Uh, we don't take on, every, again, I need to say to you that we don't take on every instruction that we're offered. Yeah, Because we feel if we go into a house and we're, we're starting off on a negative where we've done our evaluation, we do an academic evaluation, and then we have a look obviously by what's that on the you market. You
0: do your desktop research? In, 100% yeah.
1: before we go out. So we mm-hmm. don't go in blind to anybody's mm-hmm. home.
0: We've Did already drive it, by before you go never. to the valuation? No, no, you don't need to because mm-hmm. you've got mm-hmm. Google Maps. Mm-hmm.
1: So you put it on your PC, you bring it up, you look at the property. But when you're selling like I am for over 20 years Mm. in this location, you know every street. You've been in a number of houses. You've probably been in the neighbours next door, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. six or seven years ago. Mm. So you've already got a sense of the area you're going to, the value of it. Um, And it's amazing, you know, I'm in the industry, as I said to you, over 20 years. And Andrew is now in his fourth year, he's fully qualified. He comes from a building background, so he's already, Great. I think, got it in his blood. Mm. But it's very interesting because, you know, I, we, we do the academic valuation, and then at the property, maybe at the end of the garden, we put our heads together and say, what do you think? Mm-hmm. And what we do, just to make it a little bit more interesting, I will write down a figure. Yeah. And what I find is fascinating is Andrew will come up with the same price. Great. And it's just, you know, if you're, good at what, if you're good at this job, you know it, you understand it, you know how to come up with the pricing. Is it you know one
0: figure you come up with, or do you put down a range?
1: No, we usually come up with exactly the same one.
0: That's interesting.
1: And then we decide, and we come back and we share that mm-hmm. with the client. We say, look, we did it separately. Mm-hmm. We came up, we both come up with the same price. And typically, you're going to get people who feel, some people will feel, that's exactly what we thought. So mm-hmm. we got instruction this week, and they said that's the price I thought I was going to get for my house. Mm-hmm. But that's somebody who'd already done that academic valuation. Mm-hmm. So all that, all those stats are available to you. Yeah. You know, you've got my home, my daft. You mm-hmm. see, you, people should never value their home by what is on the market.
0: No, indeed. That's yeah. a
1: really negative thing to do. Mm-hmm. So because a lot of those asking prices are never achieved.
0: Yeah.
1: It's to look at the property price register. Is mm-hmm. the way to really carefully look at. The house and then do your own personal assessment and then you call in an expert who give you you know who will back that price up that you feel your property is worth or will explain to you why they can't see that price mm-hmm. so this morning when you called into my office i was meeting with somebody who had a very fine penthouse in in dublin Four. And it was a new client who came in who'd been recommended by somebody. And, you know, she has a price in her mind for what her property is worth. Mm -hmm. So we need to explain to her how this is what it's worth. But what you've made it comparable with is somebody who's in a smaller unit and has put in 200000 of a refurbishment. Mm -hmm. So this is why yours is not worth what you think it is worth. So at this point, we will take a decision with the client that we may not be our agent because you don't trust what we're telling you. Yeah. And there's no point in us going on the market, doing open viewings and coming back and telling you we can't achieve the price you think your house is worth. Yeah. Because you're going to forget we had this conversation and that's not good for our reputation. Yeah. And we step back from it. Yeah. We've had many calls weeks later. I had one uh, interesting experience with Andrew. Again, in his earlier days with me, when he experienced this, we were actually asked to leave a house. Because the lady was so shocked at the price we told her and the comparables we gave her. Mm-hmm. And we come... You know, armed Armed. for what we're doing. We don't just give you a figure. We tell you why. We Mm. show you why. And that same lady called us. um, We were in the car. We were driving to see another property. And she called us. And she was really, really upset. And she said, I was fooled. I was told that price. And I signed a contract to buy another house. And now I'm in deep trouble. Can you sell my house for me?
0: Goodness. But it's interesting, having worked for one of the bigger agents, I know that our brief sometimes going out to value properties was, go in uncomfortably high. Pick pick the price that you think it's worth and then go uncomfortably high, which never sits well.
1: It doesn't because, and again, I think if you're mature and you're ethical Mm -hmm. and you're looking somebody in the eye and they've told you some of the personal business, Mm -hmm. like...
0: This is why I need to. I need to
1: sell for banking reasons. I need to sell for lifestyle, Mm -hmm. for health reasons. I've just lost my spouse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I've just lost my child. I've had this horrible incident that's happened in my life. Because people are incredibly open with me, maybe, because yeah. I'm mature. Mm-hmm. And they go and, and I really will call it out. And I will say, you can trust me. Tell me why it is that you want to sell your house. Why mm-hmm. would you want to leave this mm-hmm. house? It seems perfect fit for you right now. Mm-hmm. And people will, in trust, they will tell you what their issues are. Now, I truthfully couldn't then come back and promise you something I can't deliver on.
0: Yeah. I, that would yeah, cause me
1: sleepless nights yeah. and you asked me earlier on how I have so much energy and I honestly and truthfully think it's because I have such a clear conscience
0: mm. yeah I agree it's a very peculiar relationship to start with a client if you feel like you've overvalued their house and you've told them a price you can't achieve It's it, it's it's a negative. But having said that, feeling.
1: yeah, having said that, you know, there's nothing you can do over market forces, mm-hmm. and markets do fluctuate. Yeah. So you may do a valuation for somebody in January, and by the time they're ready to go on the market in March, the market has shifted. Yeah. So typically, what we do is re- we do a revaluation and mm-hmm. say, "Thank you for your business. We know you've us, but actually, since your next door neighbour's house came on a hundred thousand less, yeah. So we have to have we have to go to a different plan. You know what I mean? And then that can cause an upset. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing you can do about that. Again, you have to be honest and say, let's call it out now before we go on the market, before you feel we've let you down. Mm -hmm. There's nothing, you know, they may have a different colour kitchen cupboards, they may have this, but you're looking at a similar condition property. And what's interesting is, is we've often been called out to value the house next door to a house we've just been instructed to sell.
0: Mm.
1: So we know what we're talking about. Mm. But obviously we can't disclose that. Mm. Because we can never let anybody know where we've been or what
0: we've done. That's all totally confidential. Mm. Well, Janet, I would love to thank you so much for sharing the story of your business today. It really is a fascinating story and I can feel your energy from here and your enthusiasm for it, as I think everyone listening can. And I would love to wish you every success as well. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Yeah. Thank you. Our aim is to make you feel better informed and more confident with each decision you have to make as you buy, sell or renovate your property. I'm Brefney O'Kelly. I'm a licensed property buyer and coach. Thank you for listening.